Show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. This is the one. This is the one that you hunted, then saved? Yes. The one that saved me as well. From the mud hole? Yes. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi that fought with such powers. It is an enemy? No. It's kind we're enemies, but this individual is not. to episode 25 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I am here with... It's, it's Kara again. Hello. I'm, I'm back. Kara is back, and we're here to talk about Chapter 11, The Heiress, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard that came out today, Friday, November 13th is the mm-hmm. date. It's all kind of run together. It's crazy. We're already this far into November, but yeah, we're here to, to discuss this, break it down, see what we can make of it. There was a lot that happened today, but <laughs> first, uh, like the last couple weeks, I did want to shout out the trans rights or human rights fundraiser that's going around that was started by Maggie Lovett of the Star Wars Friends podcast and your money geek. Candace Kaw of the Geeky Waffle and Eric Eilerson of Utini and the Living Force Podcast. They started this a few weeks ago, a couple months ago now. Like I said, time is time is weird right now. I can't keep anything uh, <laughs> keep track of anything. But currently, they're over eleven thousand dollars. The goal is fifteen thousand dollars by December twentieth. Uh, so it's going to be running all throughout the Mandalorian. It's raising money for the Transgender Law Center, and yes, we'll put all the information for that in the show notes. So if you can, please donate to that. So. Kara, you ready to get into this? You ready to just get started? Because, like I said, we 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 talked about last last week. We talked about that episode, and it was kind of light. It was kind of goofy. It was just what we needed with the type of week last week was. Uh, but I think, and I was ready this week for whatever they threw my way. I was feeling pretty energized, honestly. Over the last week, I was feeling pretty good. It's it's been a, a pretty good week, like which is weird to say in 2020, but it's uh, the last week has has been pretty good. So yeah, we got a lot in this episode. How are you feeling? What what are your what are your overall impressions of Chapter Eleven? I think you're right. I don't think we could have handled this episode last week. I think we needed. <laughs> we did. I think we needed Frog Lady. I think we needed 
spider time, all of it. I think we just, yeah, that was, that was good for last week. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was so short, but it didn't feel rushed. It was just, oh man, it was a lot. It was a lot to unpack. And I feel like I, I knew that the things that happened were probably going to happen, but I wasn't any less like mind blown by the things, you know what I mean? Like even, even though like, I mean, it obviously would have been cooler had we not pretty much known, but it was still like, like, I just can't like, I like just can't believe it's really there. And then this is like a thing now it's yeah. It was intense. What about you? You dug it, right? Oh, for sure. And I guess, and I should have tagged it earlier last week too, but just a heads up. If you've made it, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you know that we're going to get into spoilers. We're going to talk about it all. We've, we, uh, we're going to talk about the first couple episodes last season, maybe a little Rebels Clone Wars. So just a heads up that we are going to get into spoilers. So that's your final warning. I'm sure you know that by now if you're listening to this, but just a heads up. But yes, I totally agree. I think last week was perfect for last week and we even talked about it. Like I remember last week I was saying, I, I'm not ready to get into the Mandalorian <laughs> culture and having to like think about that timeline and what's going on with the dark saber and all this stuff. But this yeah. week I was, I was ready for anything. Mm-hmm. And they, really, they laid it on. Like he says, it was like 32, 35 minutes, something like that. It was a very short episode. Yeah. It was just packed full of, information and action and Mon Calamari and Corin and Mon Calamari and sweaters and oh my god just all this all this good stuff it was it, it was funny it was intense it was uh directed really well by Bryce Dallas Howard I mean it just some of the shots in this episode were just amazing and so, and so well done and I just I don't think it could have been done any better but just so many big things happening and we're in, we're only in episode three and it's, it's just like, it's here, it's happening. They really went there again. Right. Yeah. First episode we get Boba Fett and now we get Bo-Katan and it's just, it's, I mean, it's here. Like you said, we kind of knew that this was going to happen, but mm-hmm. seeing it and like seeing her take her helmet off, just mind blowing. Truly. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get into all the, nitty gritty of it but the thing I keep like coming back to is just how striking the armor is in real life and how cool it is to see something that we're so familiar with it in animation and pretty much only in animation besides like cosplayers you know and then so to see like to see it in real life was like like I found myself at a couple times during like the big fight I guess with the stormtroopers and stuff like they would show close-ups of Bo-Katan's helmet and it looked animated. Like, you know, it was just so wild. It was, yeah, that was really intense. It was just seeing her helmet in live action. It just, I, I, I did. I had to, I had to pause it on my second watch. I had to pause it a couple times, just like stare at it. Cause it's just, okay. Okay. It's when they, when they do that, we haven't really got a ton of that. Like they keep talking about taking things from animation and mm. putting it in live action but then every time you see and like like i said it's only i don't even know i mean 
I guess like Saw Gerrera was one character that they took from the Clone Wars, but that was like yeah. complete re visualization visualization <laughs> a revisualization of, of Saw Gerrera, right? So it looked it looked totally you know when they got Forrest Whitaker, it looked totally different. And then they went back and, and put him in Rebels and it looked like Forrest Whitaker. But something like this where it's like y- you see her show up right away and you're like, whoa, that's Bo-Katan. Like, you know her mm-hmm. helmet, you know her armor. And then she takes off her helmet and just she looks exactly like Bo-Katan. It was just, you're right, striking is a is a good word to, totally. to see it really come to life. For real. Yeah. It was just wow. The whole the whole episode I was just thinking I said this on like our thread in the Blast Points group and everything that I, I, I like honestly throughout this whole show, even since last season, I just like, you know, God bless the cosplayers. I know that there's they're pausing already and they're zooming in and taking notes and I just, it just excites me. So like you know, like we said last week, somebody's gonna be the frog lady with the backpack. And now, like, you know there's going to be Corrin in Fisherman's overalls. And I, it's just, <laughs> it's like a whole new world and a totally different levels opening with every one of these episodes. And every time they show a new Mandalorian, like last season, uh, when they were, un- when he was underground with the armorer and all those, like, uh, Mandos came in and were, like, mad at him or whatever, uh, you could tell, like, that was just must have been so mind-blowing for all like the mandalorian mercs out there and stuff so every time we see a new mandalorian i'm like oh my god they're they're losing it i'm sure (laughs) oh for sure i just i can't wait to see a mon calamari in a sweater like that's oh my god to see to see that and and i didn't even really the first time i really didn't even catch it the first time but then the second time i watched it i was like Hey, that's kind of cool, you know. And then I saw everyone talking about it online, and then someone had tweeted and said like "Knives Out Calamari Edition" or something like that. And Ryan Johnson retweeted it, and just seeing Ryan Johnson interact with Star Wars is just always awesome to me. But seeing that with with the sweater was just was good. So yeah, it was it was intense. There was a lot. Like I said, there was a lot that that they gave us in this episode. So should we go into our major highlights? I know. So right off the top, we should probably just go ahead and start and try to try to work our way through this. Yeah. Bo-Katan, Casca Reeves is, mm-hmm. is the new Sa- Sasha Banks character. And then Axe Woves. Those are the three Mandalorians that show up and save Mando twice, but they have some very interesting conversation with him. And it starts really when they take the helmets off. It was like, it was so crazy because I feel like this is, it's one of those things where it's like, this is what everyone has been waiting for. This is what everyone has been talking about. We're watching it right now. It's, it's in our eyeballs. We're hearing it with our ears. Like, this is that moment. We talked about it it, last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it lived up to it. Like, like, what do you think? But I, I totally got it. Like, I thought it was a really like good explanation, basically. It was. We we spent the last two episodes knowing that the Mandalorian was looking for other Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. In the first episode, he thinks he finds one in Cobb Vanth. He takes his helmet off and it's like, you're not a Mandalorian. And so he's like, no, I'm not, you know, and he, he owns it. But in this one, it's like, we know that's Bo-Katan and they take their helmets off, which we've been talking about. Like, of course they're going like Bo-Katan is always 
taking her helmet off. Like, what's the deal right. with Ben Jaren, like, always keeping his helmet on and this whole, like, eons ago and everything. And, like, we finally get that explanation of you are, they call him a child of the watch. Loved that, and, by the way. I would, too. It is so good. And And he doesn't even know what that means. He's like, the watch? What's that? Like, he just, we find out that he only knows this is the way, like, the armor says it. And that's the mm-hmm. only thing he knows, even about Mandalorians. It's like the entire history to him. He has, he has no idea. And, and when they call them the ch- children of the watch, religious zealots, it was just like, it kind of started clicking a little bit. Right? Like, Oh, okay. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Like they were that group that kind of were so separate from and like decide like chose to be so separate and i mean separate enough that they didn't even share that history with him is so interesting it's so clone wars it's so star wars animation you know <laughs> like it was great it is they we we know that the mandalorians have all these clans and you know different like sects and stuff like that but we don't th- this just this it explains everything that we've seen from the Mandalorian where the whole time we're kind of just making fun. Like what, what is he, why does he keep his helmet on? Like we've never seen right. that before. And why is the armor saying like, we've heard of the Jedi. Uh, they fought with our ancestors eons past. And it's like, it wasn't that long ago. And mm-hmm. so calling them the children of the watch, which he doesn't even know what that is. Like, obviously like he was saved by death watch. Mm-hmm. And he was taken in as a foundling. Are they just taking these kids in and like indoctrinating them into this culture and not telling them anything? Because the, she asked him also, like, what do you know of the Jedi? And he's like, nothing. And like, she knows a ton about the Jedi. So like, how do you not know? Like what? I don't know. It makes me worried to like find out like the armor. Like, are we going to like the armor? Like, is she is she in charge of this thing or is she just like a tool in somebody else's design? Yeah. I heard, I forget. I think I was watching, it might've been star Wars explained did his uh, video about the episode. And I think he said something like that. Like, is Mando going to go back to the armor and be like, Hey, what's the, what's the story? Like what's going on? Like, how are there these other Mandalorians? Like, or is he going to just think that, they're liars that just had the armor like you know there there's so many ways that could go that's really it's it's fascinating and and I my brother called me this morning after he watched it and we were talking about it and I was saying like it seems like that's very much a thing about and I'm not I'm no expert on Mandalorian history my god no I'm not at all but it seems like they're always just like mad at each other <laughs> like like they have like the history with the jedi and everything but even like besides that they have so many issues like amongst themselves and i thought that was this was like a really interesting way to to bring that bring that into the show you know that there's all this conflict just amongst mandalorians in general and like you know that's a huge part of their history they always they're always fighting i mean it's a it's a planet of constant war where Mm -hmm. we see it in the clone wars obviously we see it in a big way you know earlier this year in season seven and then we come back to it in rebels and it's the same thing where it's like it's just war but at that time the empire's there as well Mm -hmm. and then 
Bo-Katan brings it up and we've heard it a couple times about the great purge, which we really mm-hmm. don't know anything about. We can kind of assume that the empire came in and just got rid of all the Mandalorians pretty right. much. But Bo-Katan says she fought in the great purge. So she, she knows exactly what happened. We know that Moff Gideon knows about it. Mm-hmm. We know that Din knows about it, but like, what does he actually actually know like and and what what's the empire's role in this whole thing because a little bit later mando also says you know bo-katan's like we're gonna we're gonna steal these weapons we're gonna Mm. go back to mandalore and retake the throne and the mandalorian is like you can't go back there like it's cursed anybody that goes back there dies it's like whoa man like how like that is like a religious like zealot type thing to say where it's like who told you that like where are you learning this from and then he says once the empire knew they could couldn't control it they made sure no one else could either what Mm -hmm. does that mean I, you know, like, I really hope once all, that we fill in or see how many of these gaps get filled in. And like, once we know a little more that they just put out like a complete Mandalore history book or something, you know, like, give us a bunch of charts and graphs and trees and like, maps and like, just dig in because it's it's a lot, but it's really interesting. It is. And Bo-Katan says that the empire wanted to separate them. She, but first she's like, don't believe everything you hear, which mm. like we've kind of side with, uh, they, they get the audience to side with Bo-Katan there. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, man, what, what's that all about? You know? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so she says that. And then uh, she says like, we're stronger together, obviously, but it, it it's like, it, did the empire divide them up even further? Right. Did yeah. they, did they have an influence on these children of the watch? Are they really, in charge of the children of the watch. And we'll talk about Moff Gideon too. Like, right. Where does he fit in all this? I don't know. There's, there's just, there's so many questions and it's totally good to get like a little bit of answers. But, and we talked about it last, last week where when he sees the Mandalorian sees Cobb Vanth take his armor off and he like sides with him. He obviously respects him. It's like, he's seeing other ways of life that Mm -hmm. can work. And I think that this is like, kind of working towards that too and i've i've said the whole time like the mask is going to come off and it, it's just i don't know it's got to yeah i think this is definitely pushing him in that direction more to see that like i think i wrote down he's learning that the way may not be the only way you know like this is the way but like maybe that's not all there is yeah and i love the way that bo-katan says it mockingly at first you know at the very end like towards the end she's like this is the way like kind of making fun of us like dang that's that's kind of a dig but then at the end they come together and they say it together where it's like this is the way so it's like he sees it he sees it all these different ways and when they're on the ship with the corin and he goes underwater and i I can't remember if it's sky talkers or what the force or someone that talks about symbolism all the time baptism the baptism part he oh goes, boy he goes underwater right and then he comes up and it's bo katan's hand and it's that shot of her hand like reaching out and it's the same shot that he is when he's saved as a child by death watch 
And mm-hmm. it's like when he was a child, that hand reached out and took him in and like made him a child of, you know, child of the watch. And like they took him in, they indoctrinated him, they taught him all this like ancient stuff that they're supposed to believe in. And then now it is right. that symbolism of the the baptism where he comes out of the water and Bo-Katan is like showing him their way and like other things about Mandalore. It also reminded me of in Force Awakens, Finn offering his hand to Ray in that shot. But yeah. I mean, unrelated, it just reminded me of that. But uh, yeah, that parallel was really good. Really good. Very on purpose, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm excited to see where the, like I've said a hundred times, I, the man, even the Mandalorian episodes of Rebels, like I wasn't super into, I did, Mm. it was confusing, there's, and, and the Clone Wars ones before the final season of Clone Wars, and before the Mandalorian came out, but now I'm just like, I want to know everything about the Mandalorians, their ways, their culture, Beskar, I I never would have thought I'd, I'd know what Beskar was or why it's so important, but obviously it's, it's extremely important and Mm -hmm. expensive. So yeah, geez, everybody wants that stuff. It's so cool to see Bo-Katan and it's so cool. We get these two new Mandalorians and we've, we've been speculating about Sasha Banks for a while now. She was in the trailer Mm -hmm. and it's like, is she a Jedi? And and last week we even speculated on is like, I just think she's just a normal person, you know? And (laughs) I'm glad I was wrong on that because her introduction here was so cool. Her character was Very. just awesome. She shows up, jumps straight in the water to go get the child, like no hesitation and just the coolest character ever. Totally. Yeah. Really, really, really cool. Like just straight power, you know, like yeah. just power, 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 which was really cool to see. And, and the, the guy as well. And, and you shared with me, the actor posted on Instagram, like the nicest thing ever about being in star Wars. It was so beautiful. I forget his name. Is it Simon? Simon Cass. Yeah. He's really, really excited about being in the show. And I liked his character too, a lot. Really cool. And he said that George Lucas named his character also, like he was on set and he just threw out the name of, axe woves which is like it's just Love. so funny <laughs> so funny Perfect. Eh, yeah i can't do his impression you know i always think of blast points is a really good impression but axe woves like yeah that, that sounds good it's like how did he come up with that like was he wearing axe body spray that day and i don't know where he got woves but and then uh her and then sasha banks character's name was costas costas reeves and it just makes me think of Keanu Reeves. It's like, did is oh, yeah. that named after Keanu Reeves? Like, that's the that's I don't know. That's that's where my <laughs> went first with her. But yeah, they were both super cool, and I liked that Bo-Katan was traveling in, in this team of three. I don't know why I just liked that. I think I just liked the number three, but I'll, I don't know. It was just it was really cool. Yeah, and it, I loved uh, one of my favorite parts like throughout the episode, but uh, mainly when they're first like seizing the ship was how like it's kind of felt like mando couldn't really keep up with them or he was do you know what i mean like when they first walked in like they're just like straight badass like power energy like flawless like you can tell they've probably worked together a long time they know each other's moves like before they make them like that kind of connection and mando was just kind of like oh uh okay i guess i'll follow like you know he didn't look like 
he didn't look like fumbling or anything, but you could tell he was just kind of like, whoa. Like, I wish, I wish we could read this episode in novel form to get like his inner monologue during that. Cause it felt like he was kind of like, oh, oh crap. Like I got to keep up with these guys. You know, I I really liked that. That was good. And it kind of, it kind of was the theme throughout the episode. They were, they were super coordinated in what they were Mm -hmm. doing. And you could tell like they had been on other missions together and they, they kept, you know, they referred to as pirates, which was just awesome. And that, you know, that uh, the, the empire plundered this stuff from their, their planet and everything. But even on the ship at the end, when they're stealing the weapons, it's the same thing where like they walk into the ship and they're all just like strutting like hardcore, just like taking out stormtroopers and the Mandalorian's just like behind them, like looking around, like what is going on? (laughs) It was so good. I love that. I love like, because that's like one of my favorite things about Din Djarin as a character is that he's not, like always on it and perfect every single time, you know, because it makes him relatable, you know, and it, it, I connect with him so much more because of that. Like when he got his butt kicked last season by the mud horn or whatever, like that just makes him so much stronger of a character to me. But I mean, he's still like going to kick your ass. Like he's not a joke, but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I love that about him. And then I liked how at the end he kind of, saves all of them and kind of shows up in the way that in the best way that he can. And like, yeah, it it was just really good. It was. And there's that amazing shot when, so they have that first fight, you know, where Mm -hmm. they, the corn kick the baby into the big monsters mouth, which, which is like, we keep talking about like, dude, keep an eye on the child. Why are you getting that close (laughs) to a pit? Like, why are you trusting anybody at this point? It keeps happening. But anyways, that happens and the Mandalorians come in, save him. They, they you know, uh, mm-hmm. Costas Reeves, is my saying that right? Koska Reeves comes in mm-hmm. and saves the child. And, and then they have their whole talk about like, this is the way and like the children of the watch. And then the Mandalorian's like, no, like there's only one way. And he leaves with the child to go on his own. And then you get that great shot where he is he is back at the port and then he's looking out and it's like the sunset and it's the three mandalorians coming up with their jetpacks and then the ship explodes it's just like that shot was uh, just getting goosebumps thinking about but that shot was just it, it it was so perfect it was so good there were a couple shots in this episode i think of that one and then i think of when they're telling him after they leave the bar they're telling him their plan to take the ship. And I didn't realize until the second time I watched that they're just like chilling out, sitting on top of the razor crest. And there's like a shot of all of them just like sitting on top of the ship. That was a killer shot. And then actually, I think the three of them were sitting and Mando was just like standing nervously, but it's just like a really good shot. And baby Yoda is in the cockpit. He's inside. It's so cute. And then there was another really good shot. That looks like um, an album cover. That it does. Been, like, it really does. <laughs> on top of the chill. I love it. It's like chilling, like leaning to the side. And like Sasha Banks is just looking so cool. Just like laying there. Yeah. It's so badass. I love it. And then there was another shot. It's at, it's like when they first get into the ship and they take out like those first stormtroopers. And then Bo-Katan just kind of turns around and you get like this sweet close up of her helmet. And it was like, 
it looked like Clone Wars. It was just like so wild. Uh, that was another shot that like blew me away. There were a couple of them, and just like the 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 port in general was so beautifully designed, and it looked so stunning. It was like a little bit Corellian, but then it had this like that ocean vibe was so interesting. And I was thinking about the, uh, is it the Colossus from resistance? Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot too. And like, it was just, yeah, there was a lot of really good like cinematography elements in the episode. There was, it was, it was, there were so many of those shots Mm -hmm. throughout. And another one that sticks out is when they, save the child and then the three Mandalorians are standing there and then it goes into that close-up behind Bo-Katan and it like shows the Mandalorian but it has like the side of her helmet from the back as she's taking it off yeah and you can kind of see the Mandalorian just like kind of tilts his head just a little bit before it like zooms in on him and then it like shows them from the front but like just how that was done and it really made me think of the Clone Wars too, where Bo-Katan and I think it was Sabine's mom and then a third unidentified Mandalorian because you were talking about like the the pack of three Mandalorians which that made me think of the Clone Wars too but it's when they catch up with Ahsoka and they like ask for her help or ask her you know to join them and it's the same thing where she like takes off her helmet and it's just like it's it's so good and and Katie Sackhoff just she is Bo-Katan and it's it's so cool she 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 looks she just looks amazing when she took it off and then even the details too on her headband like those little lights on the side mm-hmm. that's straight i mean it looks it looks animated but it's yeah amazing it's so cool yeah there was a lot of really good like shots like that uh through this episode that like made it i think like so watchable and also like rewatchable too i just loved it it was, and I was glad it was short. Actually, we talked about that, but I it, it does it makes it more rewatchable. Like it's it's much easier to watch that two times in a row in the morning before mm-hmm. <laughs> before like getting up and starting your day. And I, I was able to do that twice this morning, and it just it it made it so much better. And it didn't feel like it. it I don't know. It went all the episodes go really fast, but yeah, it didn't feel like it was shorter than the for episodes. sure. But yeah, it was good. But should we should we reverse a little bit? We talked about we talked. I had to. We had to start with Bo-Katan. We had to start with the Mandalorian. Yeah, of course. Try to figure out because yeah, we've we've had that talk. Like I don't I don't know the timeline very good either. Like I actually had to go back and I watched a couple Clone Wars episodes and I watched a couple Rebels episodes just to Mm -hmm. get in that mindset. Like where are we? Um, Right. But let's let's kind of go back a little bit to the beginning of the episode because at the heart of all these episodes, it's still the Mandalorian and the mm-hmm. child. And it's mm-hmm. that like father son relationship and w- where are they as characters? So let's go all the way to, to the beginning. Frog lady. I, I, I mean the reunion, like they, they lay in the ship and uh, they have that really cool um, ATAT type deal that like gets them out of the water, which yes. that was a, that was a nice touch for sure. And then they go out and then frog lady is like speaking frog and like yelling frog sees her husband. And he's like frog man shouting frog or whatever is, is the <laughs> subtitles on that. And then they reunite. And it's just like, ah, it makes you feel better after like, oh, God, I, loved it. I loved it. It was so good. I, frog lady is just, she has my heart for sure. Oh, 
the best. And then they go get food. Right. <laughs> Which this is the, the whole Star Wars food thing is really funny because we've been getting some pretty good food content out True. of the Mandalorian. Like last episode, we had baby Yoda with his little like lunchable thing. And it was just like <laughs> someone pointed out that the portions are like really nicely put out and that Din Djarin is being a good dad and like feeding him, you know, all the, all the food, uh, food table ingredients or whatever. So they go in to find, you know, a Mandalorian and they go into this like restaurant type thing. And what I, the first thing I really loved about the restaurant was that the server who is a Mon Calamari is like, you know, can I get you something to eat? And, and the Mandalorian, like, does he ever eat? You know, he, had, he doesn't take his helmet off, so he doesn't eat in public, obviously. But he's like, oh, the child will take whatever. And in true, and I've worked in the restaurant industry. I worked there in a, the restaurant industry for a long time. But in true yeah. server fashion, he's like, no, like, these seats are hard to come by. Like, everyone needs to eat. Like, you're not just ordering a drink here. You got to eat. <laughs> you got to order food. Like, I'm working my butt off. I'm not going to work for a, you know, a $5 tab. You need to right. up a little bit. That was <laughs> so, really funny. And so then he, he offers that. But but then the child does get get his food. It was just like, the, I think the cool, like one of the coolest things about this episode was that even though we were starting to get into the heavy stuff, the real stuff, the Mando, the Mandalorian history stuff, the, you know, the people that we know stuff, all that, we were still able to have like a chowder hose and which I think is what we're calling it. I don't know. Is that, I, I think that's I think, what we're calling it. So I don't, far. I don't think there's any other word for it. <laughs> What else are we going to say? And it looked like each I, I, table had one. Yeah. I think I wrote down chowder tube, but whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> so like, I love that even amongst like all the more serious stuff starting to appear, we still got like some weird, goofy Star Wars madness, you know? <laughs> it was so good. I, I have, I have written down nasty contraption that squirts out food. That's what there I There you have. go. But it comes, it also comes with like a little squid thing in it too. And yeah. the squid jumps out, goes on baby Yoda's right. head. And then just like a dad would do, he's like, Hey, don't play with your food. It's like, it was just so cute. <laughs> so, and oh God. Then, then we get, we get the Mandalorian paying the mom calamari with calamari fawn, which was a nice, like, call back to the first couple episodes, which I do want to shout out Creature Cartel. If you're not following Creature Cartel, they make... I was uh, just going to say that too. Calamari Flan. And uh, I actually bought one earlier this year and it just, it looks exactly like it's, it's, it's so cool. So shout out to Tori at Creature Cartel because yeah, they make, if you ever want real Calamari Flan, then, then yeah. yeah, it's, I don't know. Mandalorian, he's, he's got a lot of work to do protecting the child obviously like they've made it this far but he is becoming a good dad and he's loosening up and he's like totally caring for the child throughout this Mm -hmm. episode and like saying very dad things like don't play with your food (laughs) at the end he says be respectful and mind your manners oh yeah he says that when he leaves him with frog lady right yes oh my god it's it's yeah so i want you to be respectful and mind your mind your manners it's so good but yeah they they leave him with he leaves him with a uh, frog lady and and frog man i man. guess 
And so we, we add them to the babysitters uh, list that we, that we had going earlier this year. And it looks but, like they did a great job. Oh, for sure. They, that's what, and this goes back to my thing about like Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi, but like children need their, their moms, right? They need, they need that motherly influence. And we see that with frog lady at the end, teaching him how to like pet the frog. Yes. And you can tell, honestly, like, I don't know if this is me digging into it or not or whatever, but you can like tell the way that the way that baby Yoda is like looking at her and then looking at the little frog and then looking back at her. It's like, you could just tell that he was learning, you know? Oh, he totally was. He was, he, it was the first time we've saw an actual, instead of like Din Djarin being like, Hey, don't eat the eggs. Like, don't do that or be respectful. It was like, here's why. And, you know, we do, we get that great shot of him looking at the eggs again. Like, Hey, I want to like eat one of those eggs again. And then he sees the little frog, like come out of the egg, which Mm -hmm. is just that I'm sure there's like what the force sky, like they're going to break that down. (laughs) Like what that can't wait another like (laughs) rebirth. And, you know, I, and which honestly it does go back to, the whole thing about her line, mm-hmm. her wanting to continue her line, Bo-Katan in this says that like, she's the last of her line. And it's like, they are trying to revitalize Mandalore and, you know, they're, they're wanting to go back to Mandalore and take over again and revitalize all that stuff. So like I said, that that'll get broken down much more clearly than, than what I said. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. It, it is true, though. It's frog, really true. Yeah, Frog Lady is totally teaching Baby Yoda, and he needs that for sure. Oh, yeah. I think they might have shot to the top of the babysitter list, as far as I'm concerned. Them I, and Pelimoto are, like, up there. I think so, too. I, I do want to see I do want to see Winta, you know, Omera's uh, oh, daughter Winta come back and at some point. And just Omera in general, I want to see again. But yeah, they were they were good. They, you could tell they were they were really good parents. They're just really good people. Frog Lady's just <laughs> they're just good. She's the best. I I I hope we see more Frog Lady. I hope that she's like the babysitter yeah. that he like if he's got to go away and and save Mandalore for the weekend or whatever that he takes the child back there. Yeah, I kind of also hope that they're not in it, though, because I feel like if they are, then something bad's going to happen to them. That's, so I'm like, no, I don't want them to be in the show anymore. <laughs> that's, that's so true, because, yeah, you don't, it, the longer you see people's stories, especially in Star Wars, the the less likely. Yeah, there's there's really not very many, like, happy, happy, happy endings. So, yeah, if that's, that's a good point. If that's the last we see of Frog Lady and they just <laughs> ride off into the sunset and have all their like frog children and everything, that's right. They'll live on in our in our dreams and in our hearts. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and in cosplays and on our like tattoos that oh, we yeah. get of them and, and everything like yeah. that. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think the other thing that the other like segment i guess of the episode that really like had me like whoa was the whole gideon talking to the guy thing and like the long live the empire had me pretty twisted i was just like what did you say and like the way he said it was really wacky and then like 
I mean, the pill thing that he bit down on, we can talk about that. I thought that was like, I think some people were like that they thought that was kind of extra, but honestly, to me, I think it's showing how desperate things are for the empire and how bad it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I saw when I saw that was like, oh, they're not doing well. (laughs) Like, they're not in a good place, you know? No, they're definitely on their last leg. I I did love the end sequence on the ship and like obviously like the whole like ship heist type thing was was really good mm-hmm. but the fact like we get stormtroopers in action we get the alarm that is like the famous empire alarm that mm-hmm. did, that always just it it feels so star wars and it's just so so soothing to It is isn't it? To hear. And then we get very bad at their job stormtroopers and officers and how much more like star wars can you get without Mm. inept officers at at the helm of a ship pretty much yeah it was good i i loved um i love the the captain of the ship or the guy that was in charge like he's a really good actor and he sold it really well and he was to me he was kind of like a knockoff krennic like not acting wise but like in star wars universe wise like he was he was kind of like a krennic but just like yeah, obviously I could see that for sure. a much lower ranking and like probably just failed along the way quite a bit and somewhat worked his way up but somehow he's still surviving after the empire's gone and he's in mm. charge of the ship and then we get like the guy that's like second in command where the Mandalorians are coming to, you know, take over the ship. And he's, he's like, okay, you know, the doors are getting ready to open and they open and like, he immediately falls back and like hides behind a couple things. And he's like, close the doors, close the doors. And they're like, which doors? He's like, all of them. And just like totally wusses out. And that just, that made me really happy to, to see the empire like that. Yeah. And I actually didn't think of it this way until right now, but it's kind of cool that in the last episode, we kind of got a look at what the new Republic is like because of the X-Wing guys. So we got X-Wing pilots. So we got kind of the look at what things are like for them right now, that they're kind of just like doing general security duty almost, you know? And then this episode, we got the view of what it's like for the empire right now, which is like bad, bad, everything is bad. you know. (laughs) So it's cool that we got to see, kind of like those two uh, groups that we're so familiar with kind of where they're at during this timeline, you know? Yeah. It's going to be really cool to see where that exactly fits in and like how, like where, when's it all going to come to a head? You know, now we have Mandalore in the mix. We have the new Republic in the mix. We have the empire in the mix. We have Gideon who like, obviously works worked for the empire but he's got was he in charge of Mandalore? you know so we have all yeah and that that was what i was just gonna say is like where where does he rank like is there still rank like because like how many of them are even left you know and it's like is gideon the top of the top of who's left i wonder you know so that's interesting yeah it is i i i don't know i'm just I always say it, but I'm, I'm ready for more. Same. I, I love that whole sequence. So it, it felt very rogue one and it felt mm. um, when they were in the cockpit and it was like the two pilots who like, 
they looked pretty fresh. Like they didn't know what they were doing, you know? And they're like, they weren't, they were kind of scared and they weren't on board with a lot of things that were going on. And when <laughs> yeah. the stormtroopers, like their Mandalorians, like the look on their faces, like, Oh crap, like what's going on. Um, but it, it really reminded me of the last Jedi when uh, Kylo Ren's in the cockpit of the, the gorilla walker at the very end. And it's like the pilot in the front seat is just like pandering, you know, to Kylo Ren and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it felt very, it felt very, new era star wars movie to me which totally was, which was really cool yeah i agree but yeah the final the final part so we get moff gideon like you said mm-hmm. and we get the hologram so Loved cool it. the long of the empire thing you already talked about it but it was creepy i don't know why that got me so like whoa like it 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 felt the same way kind of similar to how it felt hearing mando say may the force be with you (laughs) you know like that was just like whoa and then this was like wow like ooh. and i think that mixed with everything that came right after it's like that that was such a state of the union kind of (laughs) statement it's like ooh, i don't know it was very creepy though and just like that officer was just like on board with it right away and kind of had like general pride from the rise of Skywalker vibes where he mm. was like, it almost looked like his face just like went over and he was just like entranced when, when he said that long live the empire yeah. and he just like took out the two pilots and was like, okay, we're going down. And then, yeah. When, when Bo-Katan is like, does he have the dark saber? And he's like, if you have to ask, you already know. And then he, he bites that electric cyanide pill. It was, yeah, that was intense. It was definitely intense. I also love that like knife that came out of her wrist like that. Ooh, that was really that was cool. cool. Oh, so cool. <laughs> she is just she's awesome. I when I went back and watched the Clone Wars episode with her, and then the Rebels episodes, I was just like. She's the coolest. She's the coolest character ever. And just, yeah, Oof. the fact the fact that we got her. Which another thing, I I do have a question for you. I want to get your take on this. Okay, how old is Bo-Katan? Because that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because if we're talking Clone Wars era Bo-Katan, let's say like even in the Clone Wars though, she and it's hard to tell because it's animated. Let's yeah. even let's even say she's twenty at that point yeah that puts i'm literally looking it up well <laughs> i'm looking up on wikipedia to see if they know it doesn't look like they know she's uh, if she's like 20 there i think and i did it earlier i want to say it's like 30 to 35 years later is where we would be sitting now like right. in mandalorian time so that means she'd be like 50 to 55 which uh, i think katie sackoff is 40 and well, she could have been should could she have been teen age in Clone Wars? I think so. She could have been. You no, know, like there's a possibility. It, right? It's true. I mean, Padme was, you know, what twelve or fifteen when she was a queen, and I so, mean, yeah, there's no reason she couldn't have been like sixteen during that, you know, or age in Star Wars 18. is such a funny thing because. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think me and you have talked about that. Like Anakin Skywalker, like at the end of his life, 
at the Death Star. Like he's like only 44 or something like that. It's like that's an that's clearly a 75 year old man. Like he's not. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like because that was definitely. I feel like that was the question even when it was just rumored that Katie Sackhoff might be in the show. Was like, well, how old is Bo Katan supposed to be? So. I don't, I feel like that's a, I mean, I just looked on Wikipedia and there isn't like a birth year that I could see unless it's like on one of the other timelines or something. So, I mean, I didn't think it looked too off. It is a good question though. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not going to keep me up at night. It's just one of those where I I had a conversation uh, with a friend earlier and I was like, yeah, that's a good call. And so I did look it up and I was like, yeah, she probably would be a little bit older than than what she... But either way, like, she looks great. Does it matter? Yeah, no, I mean, look... She's worn a helmet, you know, for a long time. And I'm sure that, like, that helps with aging because you're not dealing with, like, the atmosphere in your face. Oh, all the there time you through. go. So, yeah. But yeah, Bo-Katan, she's great. I love her. Wow. I, I, hope we, I hope we get more. Yeah, agreed. And then... At the very end of the episode, they just casually drop <laughs> Ahsoka Tano's name. And, you know, Bo-Katan's like, okay, you helped. Uh, do you want to come with us? And he's like, no, like, I have to take care of this. And she says, go to the city of Kaladan on the, the forest planet of Corvus, which I'm so psyched to see a city again. Like, I want to see what a forest city looks like. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm very psyched <laughs> for that. But yeah, she's just like, go and uh, ask for Ahsoka Tano. Tell her that Bo-Katan sent you. It's like, okay, I guess we're doing like, it, we all knew it was coming probably. But the yeah, fact that it's, it's so casual was. It's wild to hear it said. And I think I kind of like, I, I heard somebody else say this, I think too. But it's like, I think I kind of like that they just said it instead of being like coy, like go to this city on this forest planet and you'll find a Jedi like you know and then we'd have to sit here and be like well who the heck is it gonna be there's like three options you know so I kind of like that they were just like yeah it's Ahsoka what are you gonna do about it and it's like oh okay so I mean so now we just like sit and wait for that I guess and just I don't know I don't know it's yeah it's a lot I don't, it's it's gonna happen i'm still not gonna believe it i'm still not gonna believe it until it's in my eyeballs that's like how i feel about this show and i mean so far everything has entered my eyeballs so like it's happening but like i'm not gonna believe it and i still think it would be really funny if she wasn't in it but that's a different story. <laughs> but now it's like that's getting less and less realistic but i'm not gonna believe it until it's on my screen and then I probably still won't believe it. I, I've seen a lot of people nervous and they've been nervous since like it came out that she's going to be in the show that like, it's going to take over the show. It's going to be the Ahsoka, but like I it's, it's not like the, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all because we've seen Boba Fett. We've now seen mm-hmm. Bo-Katan. It's still the Mandalorian and, and the child show. Like it's still about oh, yeah. his story, you know, even today, like, yeah, we talked about, Bo-Katan for for much you know longer much or for over 50% of this episode probably Mm. but like when you boil it down it's still the Mandalorian his story and like where he's going so I'm I'm not worried about that at all 
I agree. And I also think that the most interesting thing for me, at least, I mean, seeing Bo-Katan was awesome. Seeing her kick ass and be awesome was great. But the thing that was the most interesting for me wasn't just her and her two uh, cohorts, but how they interacted with Manda, with Din Djarin. Like, the the conversation that they had with him, the way that he interacted with them, the way that he acted when they were around, how he acted in the fight with them. So the most interesting thing about the character showing up to me was still kind of the way it was furthering Mando's story. So that does make me feel kind of okay about it, you know, because it's like, I think it was for a purpose for our main character still. So I don't think it was really taking away from it too much as of now anyway at least for me no for sure i Mm -hmm. it's it's about what the mandalorian's learning about himself Mm -hmm. and you know like he's internalizing that whole that that thing that's going to stick with me until till we find out more and get like more armor stuff is that like oh he's a children of the watch or he's a child of the watch where it's like that's that's a lot that's that's kind of heavy to like yeah and to know that like that there's this other world of Mandalorians that you didn't really know about and that they kind of think you're wacky like that's and it's, but it's all that, you know, really. That's that's, the thing. He doesn't know anything else. And it's like, did the death watch like eradicate, like the empire came in and eradicated the history of the Jedi and like totally wiped that out. Did death watch do that? Or did the empire do that Mm -hmm. like how did how did that happen but like yeah there's a huge gap in what he doesn't know about the world where it's like okay he's the mandalorian but he doesn't know anything about mandalorians or mandalorian culture except for what happened like probably going back to like the high republic era which we are getting ready to learn more about but like all the way back there because even in the clone wars the one thing that, that stuck out to me when I watched uh, the Siege of Mandalore, I watched a couple parts of it, was that they have that one contraption thing that they keep mauling. Mm. And it's mm. the whole conversation of like, I thought you got, you know, I thought your sister got rid of those. And it's like, well, we, we kept this one. And, you know, we used to have these for you force wielding maniacs. And it's like that part of history all the way back when they were, you know, fighting the Jedi and they, they did have to fight those, what Bo-Katan said in the Clone Wars, force wielding maniacs. That's what the Mandalorian, that's what the armorer told the Mandalorian was that I know of such, such things, you know, they use the Mm -hmm. core, they are our enemies, they're enemy sorcerers. And it's like, dude, so much has happened between, (laughs) between then and now it's, I feel, I feel bad for him, honestly. It's right. And then like, obviously there's no one that's going to be like, okay, here's the deal. And like, just spell it out for him. So he's kind of just like, just getting all this information kind of the same way that we are. And then he's just trying to like sort through it. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, we all know someone who's like very stuck in their ways and it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to get people to learn that, Hey, there are other ways of living and like, that's all he's known since he was yeah. a child. And it's like, how much of this does he need to get out of him before he realizes that? And you're right. Like he didn't ask any questions to Bo-Katan either. He was just like, no, like, 
this is the way. Like he's internalizing it, but at the end he wasn't like, hey, tell me about the the watch. What are you talking about? You know, like he, he he doesn't even know that the Death Watch was a thing. That they're the ones that saved him. They he thinks it was only Mandalore. Like those are mm-hmm. the Mandalorians. They saved him. That's what the Mandalorians are. And it's just it's heavy. It's crazy. And the fact that he that he like she takes Bo Katan takes the helmet off and he's like, "Where did you get that armor?" And she's like, "Dude, yeah, I, I don't it- even." <laughs> yeah, I've had like, this dude, for I can't begin to. <laughs> Yeah, they just kind of roll their eyes at him like, well, he's one of these guys. Like, like, just can you just go watch Clone Wars season seven and then come back? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Just get caught up, caught up on that. Go back and watch that. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's a lot. And I, I'm just I don't know. The more he learns, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Does he turn on the other people? Do you know? How many more of of the children of the watch are there? You know, because we saw in season one, like a lot of them got taken out. So, right. You know, and the armor wasn't like, "Hey, you need to go find more Mandalorians." She was like, "No, you need to go find Baby Yoda." Right. And she wasn't like, "Go out and search for Mandalorians that, to help you." She was just like, "I don't know if any survived. I'm going to stay here and do my thing." Mm-hmm. So she wasn't a big help, but yeah, I. Where did where did Mando get that from that he should go find Mandalorians? He I I think I want to say he came up with that kind of on his on his own, own maybe. Yeah. Which and I wonder if I don't know. Huh. I think that was like just an episode one. We were like of this season. It was like oh he's not going to go look for Jedi right now. He's going to go look for Mandalorians first because he likes. Yeah, that I mean. Thing. Because when that line first got said in the trailer, I feel like we were like, huh? But I feel like it makes sense if you think about the way that they helped him in, what was it, episode three? Mm-hmm. You know, then he probably figured like, I don't know, if I need help, then I guess they're the first people that would help me. And I guess, I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's I, interesting to see him finding them too. It's like. Yeah. That's yeah. like, what does, what does armor know about? Like, does she know about all this other stuff or is she as like blind as he is? Because Ugh. if she knows and is like hiding him from this stuff, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I love the armor so much. I hope they don't go Me there too. with her. Like, I hope they don't like turn her into like, uh, oh, you know, like a villain, a or cult something. leader, or whatever you want to call it. It's just like, uh, so I don't know. In my head, she doesn't, she doesn't know any better either. She's just like, yeah. she's just the armor. She's making the armor and the best car and everything. So, yeah, because if not, then it's like I wonder if Bo Katan and her crew like know about the armorer. You know? Yeah. Um. <sighs> I just, I need, I just want to go there and ask them all these questions. <laughs> Me too. Oh, Katan, like, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, talk more. You should talk more. You too. Like, don't leave. Don't just tell her, tell them to go find Ahsoka. Like, ah, we'll find out. It'll maybe be season five, but we'll, we'll get some answers eventually. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you think we go from here in next, like next episode? Do you think we get Ahsoka next episode. Do you think that the Mandalorian makes it to this forest planet by next episode? Because his, like the razor crest is 
beat up. It is yeah. a disaster. And it really, the the longer he goes, like the more beat up it gets, which is just so funny because it really reminds me of Solo when the Falcon just keeps like taking a beating and Han's just like, you know, has his arm around Lando like, yeah, but there she is or whatever. And he's just like, I hate you. It's just like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's just the, the Razor Crest is, is really, it's like, things are falling out of it as he jumps into hyperspace. Like, is he even going to make it to this forest planet or I don't know. What do you, what do you think is going to happen next episode? So when I speculate, I always try to think um, like logically first. So it's like, what from the trailers have we not seen yet? And that, that is basically what the stuff with grief Karga and Cara Dune and uh, the, the Mithral guy played by Horatio Sands. We kind of saw it his head so we know and then what else have we not seen yet that's mainly it right i think there's a chase with the stormtroopers on like speeders yes i think that's the only other thing though yeah that's i think you're right i think that's pretty much it and that's on like a snow planet our ice planet, mm. I think, which is kind of interesting because we already got one snow planet and it didn't happen there. But there's some sort of like speeder chase, I think, with with stormtroopers on it. If I remember the trailer, correct. I remember speeders for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right there. So, so we know we haven't seen that, and we haven't seen like the not Navarro crew yet. So that's still coming. And then I know a lot of what people are saying today is that one of the only episodes that we knew the director ahead of time is that episode five is apparently Filoni's episode. So everybody thinks at this moment that probably if Ahsoka is going to show up, it would be then. Yep. Um, so I do not think that she's going to be there next week. Personally, I think there's going to be another like journey episode of some variety. Yep. And then maybe we'll get back into some some heavy stuff. I don't know. I really like not knowing the directors ahead of time, though. Like, I purposefully am not going to look it up, even if they do appear or start appearing early. Like, I'm not going to look, because, like, not knowing that today was Bryce Dallas Howard was super fun. And then to see it at the end, it was like, yes! <laughs> you know? So, like, I really like not knowing. But I feel like the fact that we know that episode five is Filoni, it's like, mm, maybe that's, but then again, Filoni could have two because there's still one slot that we don't, because there were like, we have seven directors, but eight episodes. So somebody's probably doubling, right? I, I think I don't want to like spoil it for you if you don't want me to, but is it Favreau's doubling? Yeah, I think. Favreau. Yeah. Cause and I think I, I hear that. And I think, and I saw, I do, I have seen a list. I won't say it right now, but I have seen a list of who's directing what. And I, I won't say it right now, but I, I do think Favreau has two. And yeah, I think you're right. And you said it though with Filoni having number five. And so I think, I just think the Razor Crest being in terrible shape, like he's not going to, he's not going to make it there. Something's going to happen. No. He's going to be leaking gas or whatever and have to stop mm-hmm. like whether that's you know maybe we go to navarro and maybe he's mm-hmm. close to navarro and he has to stop there to you know or maybe he wants backup before he goes there too because he's going to meet what he thinks is an enemy sorcerer and so and like yeah and he doesn't know what he's gonna run into there you know 
yeah for sure yeah. i i think you're right though. i think i think next next one will be a um a little detour before he gets to this city on a forest mm-hmm. planet which just sounds awesome like it, it could a city on a forest planet could look so many so many different ways and yeah yes um, i keep thinking of the uh <laughs> i don't know why i keep thinking of the wookie storybook like <laughs> yeah. the way they talk about that or like in heir to the empire the way they talk about kashik and like how it's just like really high up in the trees that's just what i'm thinking of for some reason i i want to think of it like that but just like a little bit more modern and like actual Mm. like buildings like built into the trees and like you think ahsoka's just got like a high rise and she's just like living it up you know top floor (laughs) (laughs) oh god do you think i don't know do you think ahsoka is alone or do you think that we are going to get someone like Sabine or anything like that. I the last that we know is that she's likely with Sabine, but we don't really know the Rebels epilogue like we we know kind of, you know, when it shows Hera, we don't exactly mm-hmm. know when her and Sabine are like, "All right, we got to go do our thing now." So I don't know. I feel like if that was the case, we probably would have had that leaked as well because whoever, you know, whatever publication had that at the beginning of the year where they're like, Timothy Oliphant's going to be Cobb Vanth, Tamora Morrison's going to be Boba Fett, and, you know, Rosario Dawson's going to be Ahsoka. I feel like they would have been like, oh, and so and so is going to be Sabine too. I don't, I don't know. I like the idea of her kind of just like being like a solitary you know, Obi-Wan style, old Ben style Jedi and just like chilling with the force, you know, I I like the idea of that. I don't, I don't like, honestly, truly have no idea what to expect with Ahsoka period, period. I don't, I don't, I have no idea what to expect at all. I think it would be cool if Sabine was there for one reason. Well, for a couple, I mean, that'd just be cool to see like <laughs> her like cool helmet and everything. But the Mandalorian would see her, and he would see another Mandalorian from a different clan take her helmet off, and like hers is like painted, and she's got mm-hmm. like she's just uh, you know a whole different character than what he's met with Bo-Katan, and that's just another layer to like. Okay, maybe I'm the crazy one. Like I keep meeting, <laughs> yeah. I keep meeting all these other Mandalorians, and like, okay, maybe it is like maybe the problem is me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like, oh man, they all think I'm stupid, don't they? Mm. Yeah. It's just, I, you know, it, his his quest is to take the child to Ahsoka, but the more he learns about the creed and like, I need to reunite the child with its own kind, like does he believe that after he spent this much time with the child and he's just going to be like, all right, man, see ya, see ya, baby Yoda. Like, you know, or is, or know. Gonna, yeah. he's going to have like a turning point where he's like, maybe this isn't the way, like maybe I shouldn't give this child up like to someone that, that it's not his parents or whatever, you know, cause I was taken and mm-hmm. I was indoctrinated. So what if I take this to a Jedi and that's the wrong way too? like, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot it, there. That's that's definitely a way that it could go too. That he's not going to want to part with with Baby Yoda for lots of reasons. But yeah, I don't. 
oh god like i just don't i'm so bad at speculating because it's like i do not know like i don't know but i like that i don't know and i want to continue to not know it's fun you know yeah and they keep surprising us because i i would have never guessed that bo katan would have come in and been like i'm trying to take back mandalore like i i would have thought like the whole mandalore thing obviously like this is the mandalorian we're gonna learn about it but it's like damn like that's a big deal like she's trying to go back to mandalore and like retake the throne again it's like yeah that's that opens you up for a spinoff series or an animated series or whatever where it's like well now we have to know what happens with mandalore you know and it's right because because correct me if i'm if i'm wrong but we don't know historically like what happens to her right like the last we see her um in the like star wars timeline is mm. in rebels right and sabine gives her back the dark saber and is like right th- this is your planet to rule but she's like the empire is just going to keep coming back and she's like well you're mm-hmm. the right person to lead to lead them so like before we got bokatan here you know obviously and before we got the great purge like we thought okay well bokatan probably took over Mandalore, everything was okay. But then like <laughs> last season, it's like, oh, there was a great purge. Okay, when did that take place? Like way before or way after? Now we know the great purge took place after when we see her in Rebels. Right. So, like everything was looking up in Rebels where she like got the Darksaber back and yeah. she's like, okay, I'm going to rule Mandalore, whatever. The Empire comes in, great purge, wipes them out. She leaves. Mm-hmm. Who knows what she's been doing for the past however many years, but now she's ready. They're, they've been stealing weapons, which feels very rebels too, that they're like, it's yeah. like a, such a cool mission that they were on, but they're, they're stealing weapons um, and they're going to go back and she wants the dark saber. And it's just like, Ooh, that's it's juicy. It definitely is. I feel like I feel like today with the history of Mandalore, we're we're all like uh, that meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny, where he's got the cork board, you know. And it is. We're tying the strings and stuff. That's that's me with Mandalore always. Like I, yes. I am thankful that like that they're digging into it more because, like I said I, before the show, didn't really care. Whatever, it was kind of right. cool. I those weren't my favorite episodes of anything, but then like we get to see you Mandalore, and then we get like all this new stuff where I'm just like into it or I'm going back and rewatching episodes and I'm like reading mm-hmm. entries on Wikipedia. And I'm like trying to figure it out because if she's going back to Mandalore, Din Djarin thinks that's a bad idea because everyone who goes there dies, which just come on, Din, like, man, intense. Yeah. It's a <laughs> it's wild like, thing to say to somebody. Is, <laughs> is he going to, team up with her and like is he gonna learn mandalore's actual history and like want to help them out and like is that gonna be i don't think i don't know how that would fit into this show because that seems like a very big like side thing where like that's it's kind of its own thing where it could be a spinoff or it could be something else but yeah i don't know crazy it's craziness there's again once again there's so many directions that it could go yep it's it's wild and then moff gideon I, I just like what is the deal yeah seriously and yeah that's i i still don't know if if he's like force sensitive if he's not if if he's 
Empire, if he's a Mandalorian, maybe, maybe he's like, Ooh. maybe he's like the shadow leader of the, you know, children of, uh, of the watch. Like maybe he's like secretly running them. And like, I don't know that, I don't know if that really works out. Cause I feel like he would have been able to get the child a little bit easier. Um, but mm. who knows? And yeah. does And then also it goes back to that quote when Gideon is talking about the child and he says, he means more to me than you'll ever know. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow. That like echoes in my head. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, we, but also like same, I, but like, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's meta. The child means more to us than, than you'll ever know. Than you will ever know. But like, what? That's uh, such an intense thing to say. It is. There's a lot. It's yeah. It, it and I love how it like switches back from super serious, like long live the empire, to like the Mandalorian being like, "Hey, don't touch that," or like, "Hey, mind your manners," to a, a baby Yoda that's like just being funny the whole time. Yeah, or like you know, eat this soup that came from a ceiling hose. Yeah. Like I don't know. And then. Uh, like I talked about him being a better dad and everything at the very end of the episode, that little squid thing comes down and is getting ready to attack baby Yoda. And like he, he reaches back and it's, it's, it made me think of when we talked about Shmi Skywalker and you brought up, you know, like how she was like force sensitive and how she knew everything about Anakin. Like she could sense his presence here. And it like says, it says in the Phantom Menace Visual Dictionary, Shmi Skywalker knew when Anakin was near, even when she could not see or hear him, or something like that. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I likened it to me losing my daughter at Walmart for like 30 seconds, yes. or like 15 seconds, and being like, oh my God, where is she? She is, you know, lost. It's like, no, she gets <laughs> in the next aisle, but like, I couldn't right. sense that, you know? So that went into her being force sensitive. But like, when he reached back and um, just grabbed that squid without even looking, it was yeah. just like, whoa, that was like, that was dad instincts, or that was like something, something deep. I don't know. I don't know if it was something deeper than that or if it was just like, or if it was just like helmet tech or something. I don't know. Right. You just, and I don't know if you've seen like the like dad videos of them, like catching their child as they like fall off the couch or before something bad happens, they like snatch him like at the last minute. It made me think of that. Um, But yeah. And then they fly off and it looks like something falls out the bottom of the ship. So it's like, was he throwing the squid out? Like, what was that? And then no, because I think it, Baby Yoda ate yeah, it. Yeah, right? it goes back to Baby Yoda, and it's like you can see just the the one tentacle oh. out of his mouth. He just <laughs> Baby Yoda is just always hungry. The other thing was the that like curse that Bo Katan and, and Mando both say in the show. They're like, oh. Dank Ferric. <laughs> yeah, we we get that a couple times. I think we got that in the first, very first episode last season from yeah. Horatio Sands Mithra. I think he says that, or he's like, ah. Dude, oh, really? I think I think he does. And then yeah, we've heard it like ten times this season, where it's like, yeah, I is that like GD? Is that you know mean something else? But yeah, that's Dank Ferric. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was anytime something happens more than once. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah. 
seriously need to know more about that uh, <laughs> we'll see only a week away it's crazy after you know next week's going to be bittersweet because we'll get chapter 12 but that means we're halfway through the season so uh, <laughs> yes wow yeah sorry to drop that on you but no that's where we're at yeah all right well i think that wraps up our conversation on chapter 11 the heiress which what a cool title actually by the way we didn't really talk about that but when i saw that i was like oh what's that mean like is frog lady like the princess of something <laughs> but then we get there and like um she's a queen <laughs> yeah. and i i love that you kind of have to know you know i think what works so well with the mandalorian is like you don't have to watch all the other shows you don't really have to know much about star wars to enjoy this or like think it's cool mm. when bo katan showed up like yeah, it was extra cool for us. But like, if you didn't know who Bo-Katan was, it was like, oh, these, they're just new Mandalorians and they have a different way of life. But yeah. for the title, it was kind of like, you do have to think about that a little bit more because she was, you know, somewhat the heiress to, yeah. right? Because Satine was, you know, the ruler. And then it was, I don't know. It was just interesting title. I thought it was, yeah. I did too. And that's the other thing is like, I had a moment of like, wow, Bo-Katan is real. And that means that Satine is real. <laughs> yes. It's like somewhere like there's Satine exists in real life, like live action Satine. Yeah. And RIP Corky. I mean, you know, Corky would be part of her line too. And like, what happened to Corky? That's a great question. Satine and Obi-Wan's uh, child. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, that's, that's not confirmed though. That's just head cannon. I think that's a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I know it's widely assumed. I just wanted to say that it isn't it, factual. It will be confirmed in the Obi Wan series when we get flashbacks. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna wish that they named him something other than Corky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. It's fine. Corky forever. Corky forever. Frog lady forever. Uh, oh. Just, I love her. I'm glad she got her happy ending. So. Me too. All right. So, Kara, can you tell the people what you got going on and where to find you? Because you got a lot going on right now. Yeah, there's a lot, but it's all good. Um, my shop's reopened the past couple days. So, uh, if you're looking for fun Star Wars holiday games, gifts for people i have lots of collage prints there's some mando collage prints in there um i also have all my zines uh, my zine into a larger world i have the 2019 issues you can get the 2020 bundle and you can also subscribe for 2021 i have two options this year uh you could do half a year or the full year so there's half a year if you want to try it out and yeah, and then the December issue is on the horizon somehow, and it's the last issue of the year, which is crazy. And yeah, so just lots of stuff. And I'm only on Instagram, Sacred Something by Kara with a K, Sacred Something by Kara. That's me. Smart, only on Instagram. That's, that's, it's, you know, it's just how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Definitely follow Kara on Instagram buy her stuff, get some holiday gifts for your friends, get some of those prints. There's a Boba Fett one in there at the moment that mm -hmm. like, since I've become a Boba Fett fan after the first 
episode of this season i have to <laughs> definitely look in look into that more but yeah there's so much good stuff so many different options and yeah definitely follow kara you can follow the show on twitter at force time pod on instagram at force time pod you can leave us a review we got a really nice review actually from drew gretch and it says one of the best star wars podcasts out there look at that yes so definitely Give us a review. That was very exciting <laughs> to, <laughs> to like pop that up. Be like, oh, hey, nice. Uh, someone, Someone's out there wanting to send a review in. So, yeah, you can definitely do that on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, may the force be with you. And also with you. And also with you. (laughs)